Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash voices in my head. That's audibletrial.com slash voices in my head. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com slash voices in my head. Give it a try today. Hey friends, Rick Lee James here, inviting you to join me over at rickleejames.substack.com. Substack is a great new free platform that helps me connect directly with all of you who listen to my music and podcasts. All you have to do is subscribe with your email address, and that's it. It's easy to use, and we can interact right away. So go to rickleejames.substack.com for some inspiration in your inbox. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more with friends, colleagues, and sometimes just by myself. Now make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes or by tweeting at me at Rick Lee James on Twitter. And please join my mailing list at rickleejames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. And by the way, in case you're interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at Mr. Rogers Say, where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the voices in my head. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of Voices in My Head. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I am your host, Rick Lee James, and I am so glad that you're here with us for what I know is going to be another wonderful and meaningful conversation. My guest this week on Voices in My Head is Dr. Claire Annalise Smith. Dr. Claire is a recovering stressaholic. She knows what it is to push herself to the limit and then crash repeatedly. Now, as an author, speaker, spiritual mentor, and coach, she works with busy professional leaders who have forgotten how to hit the pause button. Whether you are at the stage where you are ready to tear out your hair, feeling stuck, or on the verge of overdoing it, Dr. Claire would love to talk with you and explore options for freeing yourself from a stressed out lifestyle. Her new book is called Help, I Want Out. What to do when you are stressed at, stressed out from keeping it all together. She stopped by our podcast today for a visit, and I am so happy about that. Dr. Claire Annalise Smith, welcome to Voices in My Head. Thank you very much, Rick. Um, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me, and thanks for your warm welcome and introduction. And I love it when people make me sound good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is so good to, to have you on the show today, and I, I want to thank you for sending your book, and I've been enjoying what I've been reading from it. I was telling you before we started, this is actually the perfect time uh, for me and my family to be talking about walking 
through stress in the present moment. My family has has been experiencing a lot of stress just in our current moment. We uh, we lost our dog over the weekend that we've had for many many years, and um, just with life in general, it's the end of the school year. Uh, my wife is a teacher. My son is just finishing the second grade. Um, we're finishing out the season of Easter, going into Pentecost. I'm a worship leader, so we're getting ready for another big Sunday at church. It just feels like life in general uh, is full of stress. We're in a time of pandemic, coming out of a pandemic with still a lot of uncertainty. So what a perfect time to have someone like you on to talk about stress and dealing with stress in our lives. So I'm so glad. Uh, As we start today, I already gave an introduction of you, but I would love to hear from you just kind of in your own words today. Um, Who is Dr. Claire Annalise Smith? How would you describe yourself? Do you have any hobbies or just anything fun about yourself that you'd like to share with our listeners today just to let them get get to know you a little bit more as we begin our conversation? Oh, I thought I'd got no to that. Okay, I um, what's there to know about me? I, fun thing, I, I like, um, one of the things I really enjoy doing is getting together with friends. And a lot of times it's on the phone because a lot of my friends are away from me in a geographical sense. But just getting on the phone and chatting with them and having a good laugh sometimes Um, Uh I don't do as much writing at one time. I did a lot of, um, poetry, prayer type things. Don't do as much of that right now. That seems to go with seasons. Like I have this prayer book out and there was one time that was what I did. I think for me, when I look back, that was probably part of releasing stress, but I got so much, um, joy doing it, um, Ah. I think overall, I would say one of my biggest joys is just opening this space for people to know God more. Because when we know God, so much falls into place. Um, I like driving along the countryside. I live kind of rural right now. And um, I've been here. It's been fairly recent. So um, fairly recently that I moved here, and so I'm exploring lots of wide open spaces, enjoying the changing seasons, and just saying, oh, look, the grass is all it's all covered with grass now. That's what it looks like when the grass <laughs> comes. That's what it loose like when the trees have the leaves. And just that's, that's another fun thing for me. Going to a meal with that's a friend, true. that's good too. So simple things for me bring me joy, um, and I've been fortunate and privileged and blessed by God to be able to enjoy simple things throughout my life. Well, and here we are right now, and I hope you'll consider this a conversation with a friend today as we get yes. together, almost like a phone call today. And, and I'm <laughs> always so glad to to get to have a visit like this today. And, you know, I love that you allow your faith um, to play such a real part of the work that you do in counseling others, and especially in this topic that we're going to be talking about today that your new book deals with, um, in dealing with stress and, and trying to um, find tools to deal with that. And your book, uh, it begins by acknowledging the the reality that stress is real. And it's, it's not something that is just made up that we can just wish away. <laughs> I, I wish it was something that we could <laughs> wish away. But just so all of our listeners are on the same page for our conversation today, I wonder if you could give us 
kind of your definition that you work with when you talk about stress um, when dealing with other people so that that we can just kind of be on the same page together when when you're talking about stress and and dealing with it and finding tools to deal with it what is it specifically that you mean when you talk about stress in our lives Thanks, Rick. And I say thanks because, of course, I'm thankful for the whole podcast, but I really appreciate that you take the time to zone in on that word since it's a word we'll be using quite a bit. Um, so stress is really pressure, um, could be tension. And one of the things I say is that we all have to deal with stress and stress is going to come. There's no avoiding it. Like you mentioned, all that's going on in your family. And, you know, we sympathize with you on the loss of your beloved pet. And I know mm. here, thank you. it's not just, a, it's a part of the family. The dog would have mm-hmm. been a part of the family. So we sympathize with you on that. And then all the other stuff that's going on along with that. So there are different stresses. There are different things that, cause cause stress or indicate stress or come out of stress. So like healthy, if you're dealing with a health issue, that could cause you stress, though stress could lead to the health issue. But thinking of it as a stressor, um, if you've had to, um, anybody who's had to deal with a major illness that caused a big change in their lifestyle, that, that causes some stress as you adjust. Um, Mm. family situations, relationships could be stressful. Um, And even when the relationships are good, just if you're a provider, sometimes just having to figure things out, that could be a source of stress. Um, Other relationships, working, not working, finances, um, different things. And the truth of the matter is sometimes we create our own stress. Mm. because of how we deal with things or don't deal with them. What I like to zone in on, however, is being stressed out because Mm. stress may come and go and some of it is not bad particularly. The problem comes when we enter the stressed out sphere and I refer to stressed out as living with an overload on your system that leaves you feeling overwhelmed mentally emotionally, spiritually, and physically. So that Mm. is when we have a serious problem. And the truth is, if we don't manage the regular stresses that come along as part of life, then we're going to find we enter the stressed out zone. Mm. Wow. Well, and and let's let's get into some of those things too, because um, there are a lot of stressors that that we face as a normal part of life. You've you've named, I think, a number of those um, today, uh, as we've already begun talking about. And I found it interesting when when you talk about uh, entering into a stressed out loop that people have difficulty breaking free from. Um, I, I wonder if you could describe that a little bit for us, like what a stressed out loop is and 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 what that is and, and why people have a hard time breaking out of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'll say in general, any pattern we enter, we enter into, if it becomes habitual, we'll find it hard to break out. 
So a stressed out loop is another pattern. And unfortunately, sometimes it's harder to break out of the negative things and easier to break into, to get into the, what is it? Harder to break out of the negative, easier to get out of the positive for some, some reason. Mm. So the stressed out loop, it's when we are feeding ourselves with, how do I put it? When, when the stresses are dominating and we end up saying, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, we're not managing well. Um, mm. Some of the signs of that, um, let me take tiredness. So we're tired, we're overworked. And how do we stop being overworked or tired? And it comes to how we perceive ourselves. I was going to jump to how we get out, but we want more on to recognize the stressed out loop. Always tired, overwhelmed, feeling in over our heads, burning the candle at every, at both ends. And a lot of times it happens because we're trying to do too much, right? Mm -hmm. That's one way in which we enter the loop. The other thing is when we worry too much. And unfortunately, Society says it's okay to worry. And sometimes when you're not the worrying type or you're not wearing your problems on your shoulder, it may seem as if what's wrong with you, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're a Christian, you know joy. Um, The joy of the Lord is our strength. We get from Nehemiah. And then, you know, talks about us having this unspeakable joy. But yet, it seems to be okay to say, that's scary, I'm scared, I'm worried, I'm stressed. It's like almost a badge of honor to say these things, Mm. to say I'm stressed. So that puts us in a mindset where it's like, it's okay to worry, let's worry. And then we start worrying and worrying and worrying. And another thing I'll say when it comes to worrying, and and let me just stick a pin there. There are things that, could potentially cause worry. It's what we do with the things. But the media, <clears throat> excuse me, if we don't take a break from the media, if you listen to the tone in which things are reported and the words with which they're reported, a lot of times the message is getting to you, be worried, be afraid. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, like say, for instance, what we're hearing on the news and mm-hmm. the tone that they would give to us, it's mm-hmm. actually instruction to be worried and to be yeah. scared. It, so. it, it's, it's tweaking at our, it's pulling, not so much tweaking, it's pulling at our negative emotions so that we end up, without even realizing it, we have a physiological reaction to it that's negative. Mm. Wow. Then there's the other Mm. piece where we hold too much. You know, as leaders, we do carry a lot and um, we feel this sense of responsibility to do and be everything. And so that pulls us and and we, we don't, sometimes we feel we don't have safe spaces. Sometimes we genuinely don't have safe spaces Uh, and, and our, perception and again it goes back to perception our understanding of who we are as a leader and what is required of a leader can put us into a stressed out loop uh, and then doing mm. too much 
trying too much. Um, sometimes I say, you know, with me, I'm not really the worrying type. Do I have to be careful? Because sometimes those of us who outwardly are not the worrying type, type may carry things underneath. And that's where journaling, I think, comes in. But generally, I'm not the type to worry. You know, I became a Christian when I was in high school. I understand some things about God and who God is and, you know, some of the scriptures that help us in this area. But my my thing was, and still I have to watch it. That's why recovering stressaholic, I tend to do too much. Mm. And mm. that has been a thing that has uh, affected me over the years, just, just doing too much. So um, we can look, I, I like to think of it as these are the four things that put us in the stressed out loop, the worrying too much, trying too much, doing too much, and holding too much. And then there are the symptoms that go with being in the stressed out loop. I mentioned the overwork, the always tired, not having enough time. So I'm continuing now, not having enough time for family, friends, and self. Um no longer making song decisions, being below our potential. And it's very frustrating. And that in itself can make you feel even more stressed out when you know you can do more, you know you can be more, and you're missing it. Um, creativity goes, then you're reactive, you're not proactive. A friend of mine said, I'm getting snippy. I <laughs> That's how mm -hmm. she put it. She's like, I'm snippy with my husband. So to her, that was her signal that she was getting too stressed out. Um, mm. And, you know, there are different things. Relationships suffer. And so that's how we get in the stressed out loop. That's how we recognize we're in the stressed out loop. Anything before I continue there? No, I th I think that's very good. I I just I want to make sure I'm hearing you correctly. Just to kind of recap, there's we we get into this cycle of worrying and trying and doing too much, and we get overly tired. Um, we we start living kind of below our potential. Our creativity goes out the window. Our relationships suffer because of it. So um, I, I I think I'm hearing you correctly. So these are sort of some indications that we are sort of trapped in these in these loops, uh, these stressed out loops. So I'd, I'd, I'd love you to continue if, if you would. Okay, great. Thank you. So if I remember correctly, you said how we get out of it. Yes. Yes. I, I'd love to, to, to hear more from you. And I think our listeners would love to know kind of what they can do, because I know you, you write about some of the things that we can do to, to begin breaking out of the stressed out loop and things we can do right now to break out of it. Yeah. The first thing I would say is know who you are, right? Mm. So I talk about managing expectations and all of that. And so I'm kind of like in two minds. Is that really the first thing? Is the first thing managing expectations? But I think knowing who you are is critical. And the reason I say that is because a lot of, especially the trying too much and doing too much, a lot of that comes from us not knowing who we are. And in mm. knowing who we are, we have to know why we're here and we have to know what we're supposed to be doing. I make a distinction. I'll, I'll come back to who we are. Let me talk about call, purpose, purpose, call, and assignment. 
Okay. It's tied into who we are, but let me go to call purpose and assignment. So purpose, we all have a reason for being here. And um, it's important to know why you're here because it becomes kind of your guiding star that allows you to know how to manage your expectations. Now, in the book, I do put managing expectations first, and that's just the way things flowed and how it needed, how it seemed to need to be. But I find when people do not have a sense of purpose, they're kind of like captive to every wind, as it were, to every idea, to every person, to every suggestion. So purpose... Mm. Um, one of the things I say, you know, I, I, I went through a time when it was like, knowing your purpose was this big thing. I don't know if you've ever had this, but there was this time when it's like the will of God, doing God's will, and it was this big thing, and it almost became a stumbling block. Because I want to be in God's will, I want, and you get anxious about it. Hmm. Not realizing if you just live a surrendered life, you'll know God's will. God is going to reveal it. Yeah. And if you get off course, God is quite capable of putting you back on course. Sure. So I think with purpose, it's similar in the sense that if we are created for a particular purpose, it's hard to be far away from it. I used to be like, oh, let's do these exercises. And I do have some questions in the book to help people kind of figure out purpose, but I don't make a big thing about it anymore because I've concluded that people are never far from their purpose. And I've kind of tested it with a couple of people. Like I mentioned this client of mine who is a nurse. And um, when we talked about purpose, she really didn't have a sense, a conscious sense, let's put it, of her purpose. But as we dug into it, she was living fully in line with her purpose. She was somebody who always sought to please God. So purpose mm. is why we're here. And there's this overarching purpose. But within that purpose, there's call, the specific things God has sent us out to do. And call, I, I don't think it ever completely changes, but I think there can be variations on it. I'm, I'm trying mm -hmm. to find a page <laughs> to see exactly how I described it. But, you know, um, I tell people sure. sometimes I write stuff and then I forget what I wrote. Um, <laughs> in terms I understand of, that. In, in terms of verbatim. And as a mm -hmm. songwriter, well, I think with music, it may be easier in the sense that the <laughs> melody, you know, the melody helps us remember stuff. But um, so, sometimes I find that to be true. And then it seems like the older I get, I ha I even have a hard time remembering my song lyrics from time to time. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. So don't don't feel bad about that at all. That's that's totally fine. But. I, I'm really enjoying what you find. So, so take your time to, to find what you're looking for. Yeah. But, um, I, I mm -hmm. think you're exactly right. Just to, to interject as you're looking. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love what you said too, about the idea of purpose and the idea of call. Um, I think so many times, especially as young people seeking God's will, we, we often think about it almost as, as this enormous burden on our shoulders of if I don't find God's will, I'm just going to miss it and my whole life's purpose will be out of whack. And I love how you just said it a few moments ago that, that God is perfectly capable uh, of putting us on the track we need to be. Our, our um, 
our purpose needs to be to be surrendered to him and mm-hmm. and God will take us to that place. I really love how you just described that for us a few moments ago. And I, I thought that was great. And I think that would, would, would serve us all very well to remember that when we're thinking of God's call in our life, for sure, and God's mm-hmm. purpose. Yeah, thank you. So um, your call arises from your purpose. Your purpose is your reason for being in the world. Your call arises from your purpose and the work and is the work God calls you to do in the world. Your assignment is the task God gives you at different points in your life. And I think it's mm-hmm. important to understand that, that we have different seasons. And the further we get in our life, the more you'll see that. Because, you know, I don't know how you would describe your purpose, but I suspect it has to do with um, making God known through music. That would be mm. my guess. And and there are different mm-hmm. ways in which that shows itself. There's a call sure. to be a worship leader. There's a call to be a songwriter. And um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> different, and the assignment, you know, the worship leader assignment was probably not always there, but it's your current assignment. So, sure. Assign, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. The example I use from my client who's a nurse is that when we examined it, her call was to care, is to care for others. And sorry, her purpose is to care for others and her call is to be a nurse. But within that, wow. her assignment has been changing because initially she was just fully on the ward and then some administrative pieces were added. And now she's teaching um, upcoming nurses so she has much less time on the wor- on the ward, but her purpose is still there, caring for others. And she does that within the call to nurse, but outside of that as well, if we're thinking of call as vocation. And then the assignment, you know, the, the on the ward piece is less dominant now. So that's an example I gave. So in terms, bringing it back to the stressed out loop, when you understand these things, you, you're able to say no, right? So the right. capacity to say no is important. And we need to recognize that we've been programmed to say yes from early because we've been programmed to share, which is important. As little children, you must share all these things, but they make it harder for us to say yes, make it harder for us to say no. Um, and then we don't want to seem selfish. And if you're in the Christian tradition, you know, you know, you're called to love everybody and all of that. And love, we have such a distorted sense of love anyway. And as I mentioned, love one other th- thing on purpose. If you're not sure what your purpose is, just live out the great commandment. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. You'll mm. be fine. The rest will fall into place. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, so the, um, perp, the, the, no, saying no. One of the things I say is when you're able to say no to the right things, you can say yes. No opens the door to saying yes to the right things. So hmm. when something is not within your purpose, you need to say no very nicely. Um, if you know somebody else that could help them, you point them either way. Don't allow people to guilt trip you into doing things that are not in alignment because that takes you out of alignment and that helps just being out of alignment is going to help you be stressed out. Trust me. You Mm. need to stay in alignment. 
And also knowing yourself, um, knowing yourself as God's beloved child. When you know yourself that way, you don't need the validation from others that leads us to people pleasing. And yes, Mm -hmm. it's important to please people. We are living in relationship, in community. That's how we are created to be in community. But when we are being people pleasers, um, it's not a from we're we're not acting from a healthy place. We're acting from a place of insecurity where our validation is coming from the wrong place. We've forgotten that we are God's beloved creation, created with inestimable value, a value that can never be taken away and that is not dependent on anybody's affirmation or during cancel culture or cancellation. So Hmm. that's just something to be aware of. And these then allow us to manage expectations, the expectations we have of ourselves, the expectations we have of other people. And going back to purpose, when we know what God's purpose and God's call and assignment are for us, then we'll be able to say it's better to please God than human beings. And so we will feel less, people will not be able to guilt trip us into saying yes to the wrong things. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's really, that's really very, very helpful. I, I love uh, the way that you put it so well, uh, that no opens the door to saying yes to the right things. That is so helpful, especially um, in the culture that is built up around so many churches and uh, and so many believers. It just seems like everyone has such a hard time saying no to things that they probably need to say no to at times um, to help them with, with uh, their calling. This is, this is really helpful for sure. Um, And I, and I think that a lot of people are probably hearing this today on, on this podcast and are thinking, Oh, I'm so glad to hear her say this. (laughs) I, I needed permission. I needed someone to to, to say to me (laughs) that I can say no to a couple things in my life because I've got so many things going on right now. Um, Mm -hmm. In the book, I, yeah, sorry. In the book, I say, no, no, you go right ahead. Here is your permission slip. I give a permission slip in the book. Just say (laughs) no. Um, Just say since no. you, yeah, um, this is what I say. Um, uh, I give the, I give the example of Olivia, who who is a main character in the book, and um, I'm giving you the, your permission, your permission slip. Here it is. Stop. Just stop and flip the script, because you need a new script when you're stressed out. But since you mentioned church, let's go there for a little piece. Um, the church has a way of engaging in busyness Mm. and there's a difference between busyness and surrender. Mm. And, um, the church encourages us to be busy. And a lot of times the busyness is to make people look, feel good. I'm an ordained minister. I can talk about the church. The busyness is to make us feel good to make the church feel good, to make the district feel good, to make the denomination feel good. And um, too often the church is less concerned about the spiritual life of its members and more concerned about how much the members are doing. So Mm. if you're in a church that wants you to be doing everything and 
just being everything and not spending time, quality time with God and with your family, you need to take a hard look, not at the church. I'm not talking about leaving the church necessarily, but at your commitment and, and to see if your commitment is really to God or if it's to the church. A friend of mine said, mm. I stopped going to church because it was getting in the way of me and God, getting in the way of my relationship wow. with God. She doesn't go to any church right now. I, will she go back? Probably not. But but it's ju- it's just we we've um, you know I think coming out of the Christendom era, we've kind of lost our way in this way in this sense. We we when it when we were on the Christendom and going to church was the thing and going to church was where you got your status from and everything. Of course, our churches were full. We're in a different era, but we feel our churches should still be full. And too often, the mark of whether or not we're doing well is gauged by the number of people who are sitting in the pews, Mm -hmm. which is also a materialistic way of engaging with our faith that is also tied into the society, which says the more money you have, the better you are, the more this, the more that. So it's that numerical materialistic thing. When we use those measures, in the church, we, we lose our focus from the one on whom we should be focused and whether or not what we're doing is pleasing in his sight. I'm talking about God mm. in Jesus Christ. And yes. we stop living the life of the crucified one and we start living the life of um, the celebrity. The, the, mm. um, we stop seeing the wounds. And we start seeing the flash and we start seeing the tinsel and we start going after that. And and all that happens is the ministers burnt out, the choirs burnt out, the worship leaders burnt out, the congregation is burnt out. So everybody just comes and sits in the pew and we have this great show and this great facade. And people say, oh, look at them. They're doing good work. Oh, look at them. They, they, they worship. I love it. And this is no shade on you, Rick. This is a general mm-hmm. thing I'm seeing. It's yeah. a lot of performance, but we're yeah. not really having transformation. And, and so yeah. we, we're, um, we're playing church, and it's something mm-hmm. with which God is not pleased and and so we we're missing the beauty of God. We're not worshiping in the beauty of holiness. We're not um, enjoying God, and and remembering that sometimes we need to be still and know that yes. He is God. We we we're not mm-hmm. saying to people, um, remember the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God and the God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind. And that's why one of the ways of getting out of the stressed out loop is to create margins and to create boundaries in your life. And if the boundary means saying no to the church, then say no to the church. Wow. 
That's, you know what? I that will preach. I think that is so. I know I went into so preacher mode. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. You're you're welcome to do that. I I was just thinking as as you were talking, and, and you're so on point and so on target. I think with what you just said, um, I was thinking over this this past year how disconnected we are um, from stopping and waiting on the Lord when it comes to our church life, um, that when we were forced to do it, say during the time of the pandemic, especially in the early days when many of our churches, um, had to stop gathering for a little while, um, churches and especially many pastors were so uncomfortable doing that. Um, I, I don't think they were so uncomfortable doing it just because they couldn't get together and worship. I think in many ways they were uncomfortable because they couldn't do something. Mm. And I don't know if that, makes sense what I'm saying. Oh yeah. But I feel like in many ways, I almost feel like God was saying to us in that moment, look, to the whole world, you need to just stop and be yeah. still. <laughs> you know I love what? that. And mm-hmm. we and the church was one of the worst at just stopping and being still. And we hated to be confronted by that. And I think to this day we have in many ways, not every church but many of our churches proved that we were not the best examples of stopping and being still in that moment. And um, some of the things even that, that you write about and talk about, um, things like Sabbath and and daily renewal and, and things like that are things that I think the church could have taken it as a moment to just practice um, mm-hmm. in the time yeah. of pandemic, so to speak, you know, and just say, look, um, we can't meet the way we would like to right now. But instead of looking at this as a a hardship, I wonder if we together as the body of Christ could say, we desperately need a Sabbath time of waiting and a wow. moment not to strive for a change. But maybe in this moment, we could wait together and be still. Wow. And I think in some ways, churches that did that and figured out how to wait together I think that they're finding they're coming out of this time um, with maybe some new life and some new health to them. And the churches that just couldn't do it and fought it at every turn that they could, I think are finding that some of those structures were were, are crumbling, you know, (laughs) that they thought were in place all this time from just doing, 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 doing. And, and I I don't know if I'm onto anything or not, but it seems like, that's what I've been pondering a lot. And as I as I read and think about some of the things you're talking about today and some of the things that I, I read in your book, it feels like to me those are some things that maybe our churches should take to heart as well when we're talking about renewal and Sabbath and and you know coming back to a, a place of breaking the stress loop. And m- maybe I'm wrong, but I'll, I'll let you talk again <laughs> for sure. But that's just kind of what I'm hearing today. I love that insight, um, and it's so true. I, I hadn't thought of it so deeply, but I think you're very true. And one of the things is, you know, going back to seasons, each season is an invitation, you know, when you think of the in the pandemic. So, yeah, you're right. It was an invitation to be still. It was an invitation to seek God rather than, um, I, I find we're too quick to react, you know, um, mm-hmm. we, we react from a place of entitlement often, not, not always, 
and I'm not going to expand on what I mean there. You take what meaning you get from sure. it. But sure. often we react from a place of entitlement rather than a place of servanthood. And and also just stepping back and saying, Lord, what would you have me to do? Because here's the thing. Um, when, when we go back to the early church um, and, and what they had to deal with, their focus was not on whether or not they could meet. Their focus was, was on whether or not people heard the gospel mm. and um, that it was, you know, you had to obey God rather than man. Jesus Christ, whom you crucified and, and whom God raised, showing him to be Lord and Savior. Um, th- that was the concern. They, they mm. would find a way to meet. But the big thing was we've got to get this word out. And if our concern is getting the word out, then um, some other things are not as critical. And and that's when we can rest and say, okay, Lord, you call, you're giving us, you're signaling that something is shifting. What Mm. do you want from us now? How do you want us to pray? How do you want us to live? How do you want us to minister? And always remembering that there are souls out there who need the Lord rather than Mm -hmm. um, fighting every single thing and every single time. There is a time to fight, but I think we fight the wrong things. And in fighting the wrong things, we miss opportunities to share the gospel. And that's and that's true. where the, the times of stepping back and renewal come in. It renews that sense of purpose. It renews that call. Um, so I talk about margins and boundaries and renewal and all of that, which is where we've kind of been moving toward mm-hmm. as we think of being still and Sabbath and all of that. And the distinction I make is that boundaries tend to be the limitations we set on our time, you know, more of a time thing. And if there's space later, we can talk a little about time. But um, the 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 expectations we allow people to have of ourselves and the expectations we have of ourselves, those help us to set clear boundaries, purpose and all of that. <clears throat> those help us to say step boundaries. Like this is like a client was asking me just this week, he needed to reschedule. And he said, could we do X time? I remember we once had a conversation at that time. I'm like, well, that was just chatting. But when it comes to my sessions, I don't, I will not be coaching after this hour because I need to be at my best when I'm coaching, apart from the fact it's my personal time. I didn't say that, which which is important. But for me at that point, the more critical piece was, I have to be at my best when I'm coaching. I'm not going to be at my best at nine o'clock in the night, you know, (laughs) Not even for one of. That's just not even uh, a thing. So, you know, those are some of the boundaries we have to know. And I'm not trying to throw him under the bus or anything. It's just an example. Sure. But those are are the kind of things we have to be aware of and, 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 and to set boundaries. Like, I don't do certain things before a certain hour in the morning. And it doesn't have to do with whether or not I'm awake. It just has to do with this is what I need to do before 11 in the morning. Like I rarely coach before 11 in the morning. It's just because mm-hmm. this is what I need to do before 11. So this is when I start coaching. Um, Sabbath is, you know, those are boundaries. But then within the boundaries, we want to have what I call renew margins. And the margins okay. are what allow us to have ongoing renewal 
and um, rest. Uh, and before that, sorry, backtrack the boundaries a little more. So establishing Sabbath is a boundary. And then we talk about how that boundary becomes renewal and rest. But all the boundaries, the boundaries enable us to have the margins for renewal and rest. So to have the renewal and rest, we need to build into our daily lives and our weekly lives a rhythm that comes from creation. Uh, hmm. We go back to God and how God created us. And I, I'm just going to read something from page 104 in my book. Sure, well, let me step back to 103. Creating margins is your pathway to breaking out and taking control of your life so that you always show up as the best version of yourself and have people treat you that way. They allow you to live freely with hope and joy. It is time to stop being Atlas and be you. And if you remember, Atlas carried the physical world on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. And so I go to Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, where God rested on the Sabbath day. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work he had done. And just to say this up front, um, in the Christian church, um, when we went to Sunday, it was supposed to be Sabbath, and we've lost that along the years. Uh, you know, if you look at the old Sunday hymns, there's one that starts out, Oh, day of rest and gladness. So the church always recognized Sabbath until recently, where Sunday's like, Oh, a free-for-all. Back to the book. <laughs> I cannot think of a better starting point for making the case for rest and renewal. Can you? What an example God gave us. Do you think this God of whom we spoke earlier needed a rest? If not, then it must have been for you and I. How is it that how is that working out for you? Are you doing it? No problem if you're not having the time out for rest. You are about to fix that. You may wonder why hmm. make such a big deal about rest and renewal. Here is why. And I talk about powering up. Have you ever forgotten to breathe? Seriously. Have you ever found yourself holding your breath for some reason only to catch yourself and release it, relaxing your body from the tense position in which you had put it? Or what about hyperventilating? It is a very uncomfortable and alarming experience. If it lasts for too long, you will feel weak because of the disruption to your oxygen supply. It feels as if you powered down and now you need to power up. And you know, when you, I talk about the fact that when you don't have margins, you're either hyperventilating or you know forgotten to breathe. And I talk a little about Olivia. And the other one, the other reason for the margins for rest and renewal is grace. You will mess mm. up and make mistakes. That is part of the human experience. When you do, it is easy to beat yourself up and or allow others to beat you up. Sometimes other people forgive you, but you are holding on for dear life. Going to the place of renewal allows you to put your mistakes into perspective. Before an infinite God, you remember that you are human. Hmm. And I say failing is not an issue. You will fail. You are human. Staying in the place of failure and beating yourself up it is where the problem lies. And um, hmm. perspective, that's the other reason for times of rest and renewal. Life gives you a new chance every day to wake up to affect change in something, one of my contributors said. 
and and I I think I'll read this whole section because it ta- I think it's Please. important because um so far I've said for times of rest and renewal we power up we have grace and this one is about perspective because I think this is what a lot of us grapple with how we deal with things that we seem to don't seem to have control over especially in a season of, of outrage you know this is popular. It's popular to be outraged. It's popular to be a victim. It's popular to be, um, there's a third one. I don't remember. Anyway, back to the book. What? (laughs) This is terrible. What is wrong with people? What is wrong with this country? Has everybody gone mad? What is happening in our world? Having said that, Olivia left the room where the television was playing the news and resumed her knitting. Mommy, mommy, it's really bad, isn't it? Roberta had run behind her into the room, and Roberta's her daughter. She has two daughters, Roberta and Olive. Yes, it is, Olivia replied calmly. How come you're not freaking out? I don't know, but it really got to me like, should I be afraid? Olivia put down her knitting. You know, Roberta, I have come to realize that while I have a part to play, there are some things I can neither control nor change. I have therefore prayed for the people involved the perpetrators, and the victims. I'm sure there will be a fund to help the victims. I will contribute to it. I will help us to be better people so that we have more peace, starting with you and Olive. Right now, however, I have done what I can do and know what I will do. My freaking out will not change anything. It will not help anyone. Roberta stared at Olivia. Mm. But, But you used to freak out all the time. I used to get scared when you went on and on about things. That's because I had too much on my plate. Everything triggered me. Now I'm doing less and taking the time to pray and read my Bible. I try to hear what God is saying. I did freak out initially, but then I realized that I wasn't helping anybody. Those emotions kept me from thinking clearly. I'm sorry that I scared you in the past, but here I am, knitting and praying. When they announce more practical ways to help, I'll be there. Olivia looked more closely at Roberta. She could see the fear on her face. What can you do about it, Roberta? Nothing. What do you want to do now that will help you deal with it? I don't know. Maybe go for a walk. I can't sit still right now. Let's get Olive and go for a walk. What happened, Olive asked when they went to get her from the playroom. Some bad people did something really bad that hurt a lot of people. Let's go for a walk and then we'll come back and get ready for bread. As they walked, Olivia reminded them of the 23rd Psalm. They said it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for its name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hmm. Amen. That's powerful. (laughs) Wow. 
That is good stuff. I am so glad that you shared from your book with us today. And um, I, I I want to encourage all of our listeners today um, to look more into your, your book. I know that our time is, is getting shorter here together, Dr. Claire, and I've so enjoyed our conversation and, and getting to um, learn more about um, you and, and about your writing and some of the ways that you're helping us deal with uh, the stressed out living. Um, in your book, you go on to write more about uh, taking Sabbath and daily renewal. Uh, you write about things like sleep and eating well and regular exercise and uh, and frameworks that can help us out of these stressed out living patterns. And they are so important. Um, but I think as we as we start to close out our conversation, um, I, I want to refer everyone to your website first of all which is claireannsmith.com, and that's spelled C-L-A-I-R-E-A-N-N-S-M-I-T-H.com. And I will make sure that we have links to uh, Dr. Claire's website as well on the website at VoicesInMyHeadPodcast.com, as well as our Substack page. And, uh, and I want you to, all of our listeners, to check out her book, Help I Want Out, uh, which is her latest book that we've been talking about here today. And you can find out more about uh, getting free from living stressed out on her website and from her book. Um, this has been a real joy to get to, to hear from you today, to get to hear from passages from this book. And that was an especially powerful passage that you just shared with us. And thinking back in my own life about some situations where the 23rd Psalm has met so much in, in times when it seemed like there was just no other thing to pray and uh, moments when I have needed um, the Lord to calm me down. And that has been such a helpful prayer uh, in, in my own life. Um, I wonder if today, I know that you had talked about before uh, as we began our conversation today, um, wanting to refer our listeners today also anyone listening um maybe to a, a, a link uh, for them where they could find out some more as well and I, and I'm planning on um having those links on our website at voicesonmyheadpodcast.com um where they can can find some more free material um is there anything that we have not had a chance to talk about today on the podcast before we end our conversation together that you really wanted to get to that we didn't have a chance to <laughs> yet. I wanted to make sure that you had a chance to do that. I know there's just only so much time in one podcast, uh, but I wanted to make sure if there was something that was still really burning on your heart that, that you had a chance to, to get to it today before we ended our talk. Uh I do have a free resource, five, five Steps to Conquer Overwhelm and Stress, and you'll, um, like you said, put a link in the notes and on your website. Sure. This is what I want to say. You know, you mentioned the 23rd Psalm, how it's been there for you. I know we are not in the age of memorization. However, if you've never memorized the 23rd Psalm, this is a good time to do it. If you mm. have children, teach it to them. There will be times when you can't get to your smartphone. There will be times when you're not there and your children are on their own. There'll be that night when you lie in bed awake and you can't go to sleep. But if you know the 23rd Psalm, and there are other scriptures, but since we're talking about the 23rd Psalm, <laughs> if, if you know the 23rd Psalm, 
as um, you said, Rick, it's been, you know, you've been able to call on it at certain times. Then that's one psalm that, you know, just, just learn it, memorize it, say it to yourself. And, you know, allow the peace of God to reign. Give, practice giving things to God and truly giving it to God and not feeling guilty when you don't hold on to things. Let go of the guilt. Allow God to reign in your life. Surrender to God and live with the freedom and joy that only God can give. Mm, beautiful. And thank you very much, well, Rick, for having me. <laughs> it, it was a real pleasure. Dr. Claire Annalise Smith has been our guest today once again. Uh, she has a great new book, a wonderful resource called Help I Want Out what to do when you are stressed out from keeping it all together. Uh, you can find out more at claireannsmith.com. We're going to make sure and have uh, that link as well as several others on our show notes, as well as a free resource of five steps to conquer overwhelming stress. Dr. Claire Annalise Smith, thank you for being one of the voices in my head this week. Thank you. Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, follow my blog, and even schedule me for a concert or a speaking engagement. Better yet, even a book signing in your neighborhood. You can find all that and more at rickleejames.com. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast will be online. And now, for the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head.